Welcome to the Power of Makeup. In this episode, your host Lan talks to makeup artist and founder of innovative facial brand Facelace, Phyllis Cohen. Hi, Phyllis. Good to see you. Lovely to see you, Lan. Oh, thank you for joining me on my first podcast. Uh, oh, it's really, really, really my pleasure. Oh. You know, I always enjoy talking to you, whether it's on the phone or outside, sometimes having a fag or whatever, you know. <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> I know, but you know. Yeah, I know. Those once a year That's times where you kind of think, oh. Yeah, a fashion week. That's what it exactly. was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> always the fags came out of fashion week. Um, <laughs> Okay, so, you know, the reason why I, you know, I know so much about you and I'm sure all the listeners as well, you know, are aware of who you are. You know, um, I see you as a living, breathing artist, icon, innovator, you know, absolutely amazing, um, uh, just everything. And, um, you know, your brand face lace and everything like that. But what I want to share really and to find out more of is you know not just your inspiration but um just talk us through like i know you say your fascination with faces you know you everything that you do always has multitude of layers of design to some sort Mm. of extent so i just want to let people sort of get an insight you know why that is or why you have why you break things down into such detail Yeah. Thank you so much, Lan. And you know, I feel exactly the same about you as well. Um, I I have had um, a lifelong absolute fascination with faces and I sort of call myself a face fanatic. And um, I think it's perhaps because um, I was adopted into a family with um, an adopted brother and adopted sister. And um, I never had a face around me that looked like me. And so in a way that um, made me have a very fluid relationship with faces in general, um, because I, you know, um, my um, relationship with my own face, it had no anchor. You know, I didn't know what I would look like in the future Mm -hmm. because I didn't have, you know, my, um, you know, blood parents or grandparents near me. I didn't have siblings that looked like me. So I, I had a sort of very open idea of what faces could be. Um, and um, so I always drew faces, I always painted faces, I did portraits of people, I made faces up, um, and I was just totally fascinated by faces from a very, very, very young age. And, you know, in what about your sort of, you know, the time that you grew up is obviously um, very, very colourful and lots of things were happening. So. Tell me more about like your experience, you know, you know, from school to going to your steps into going into the design work and then fall into that. Yeah. Um, I, um, you know, I, I, I came into my teenage years and my seventies and, um, you know, my mom was actually very glamorous. Um, my adoptive mom, uh, and she had a big makeup drawer. So I used to always go in there and play around. Um, and, yeah, again, just being really fascinated. And, and the sort of the icons for me, 
you know, I remember watching Cher all the time because she was kind of like the original chameleon, wasn't she? Mm. The original fashion chameleon. And, you know, watching how she transformed every week. I can't remember, was it just the Sonny and Cher show that used to be on TV in Canada on like a Saturday night? And then, um, you know, when I uh, became aware of fashion magazines, you know, I, I just absorbed those you know, from cover to cover and became familiar with um, some of the models' faces. You know, this was the time of um, a Jerry Hall emerging. So I'd see her in magazines all the time. You know, the beautiful face, this incredible face. And uh, seeing her with different makeups was really fascinating. I used to draw her face all the time. So, of course, you know, mm -hmm. when you draw, you start with just like the bare features, just almost like lines. And you have yeah. to like draw all the shading and everything on. So it's kind of that was like um, one of the first ways I, I kind of learned about makeup. You know, um, but having said that, I didn't really wear that much makeup until I went to art school. And then I used to wear tons of makeup. <laughs> and I had um, the Way Bandy book. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Is it Designing Your Face or something like that? The original mm. Way Bandy book. And, you know, he was all about the contour and the shading and everything like that. So I used to practice that on myself. And, um, yeah, I, I I got into makeup in such an easy way compared to now. And um, at art school, there's a huge uh, fashion photography department. I used to go down and ask the fashion photographers if I could do makeup on their assignments. And, you know, they graduated and they just sort of took me with them. So, uh, and this was like the very early 80s. So, you know, things are so different now. You know, when I came to London, there was, I think, three or four agents and that was it. And um, I, um, I mean, there's good and bad aspects of that. I mean, it was much easier to get in, but no one ever said to me, you know, you should assist somebody for a while or anything like that. You know, there were just so few people that, as far as I was aware, there wasn't people even doing that. People weren't assisting; they were just like grabbing their brushes and doing it. So I had a lot of gaps in my knowledge about product mm. use. And, and also when I started, um, you know, there was really, there was Max Factor, like Panstick. Uh, there was Cryoland, there was Fashion Fair, you know, um, th that was what I learned to work with. Just because probably somebody said to me at some point, oh, this is where you need to go to buy stuff. So I went like to the pro makeup shops and that was what they had. So that was what I bought um, without really knowing the whole huge variety and and no one taught me you know there wasn't youtube so i just kind of played and figured it out myself so there are a lot of gaps in my knowledge i mean so if there's loads of gaps in your knowledge so how did you actually get into getting a job you know like what what was your well i think because i could draw and paint hmm. you know i could do really precise lines and i could do blending but i i didn't really know about skin you know, but I could do a good makeup that looked polished just because of my drawing skill. And I knew what, you know, what beautiful blending looked like, you know, from drawing. Um, and I knew, yeah, just how to do really sharp lips and really good lines and make things symmetrical. So I had that skill, but I didn't have the product knowledge skill. And, but I used to just make stuff work, just being determined, you know. Yeah, but how did you even like get an agent or how did you know that process of, you know, to get the jobs? You know, was it that you walked into the agency and then they took you on and then, then you No, got... I just, it was just, um, at the beginning, it was just because I knew all these photographers. Uh, okay. And so they just used to work with me. 
And um, I, I really don't even know if there were agents in Los Angeles, which is where I um, studied um, illustration. I really have no idea. Probably there were. I yeah, really because, don't know. You know, because the type of work that you've done, when we look back into your archives, is incredible. And it's like very, like, they're all art paintings in themselves. And obviously, there's no digital, there was no, uh, it was all print. No. And and you not having this, the, the knowledge of the products and things, and you just went straight in. Um, you know, tell me, like, what was the, the turning point of your career? You know, that big break. You know, do you remember that moment? You're like, ah, I think, I'm yeah, I remember yeah. Um, in Los Angeles, I was working with somebody, and I was working with this really talented hairstylist, makeup artist. And he said, when you get to, because I, I think at that point I had realized I need to get out of L.A. because there wasn't really that much high fashion happening. Mm. And that was really what I loved most. And I, I met a um, hair makeup artist called Pascal. I can't remember his last name. And um, he said, listen, when you go to London, you have to go see this agency called um, Sessions. And um, so when I when I did finally leave L.A., I went to New York and then I went to London just, you know, because that's always the first sort of um, hub, you know, when you fly from the States at that time. And then I went to Milan. And so I stayed in London for like two days. I went to see Sessions, the agency, and they said, you know, your book isn't developed enough yet because it was mostly like test shots. Hmm. Um, and they said, when you come back from Milan, come and see us. So I went to Milan, I got tear sheets, and then I went back to London. They said, okay, you're ready. We're going to send you out. So still wow. at this point, I had no, um, you know, formal training or anything like that. I had, uh, somebody took pity on me once. <laughs> I worked with uh, somebody for um, a magazine, uh, called, I think it was called Cinquecente, which means a hundred things. And I, they asked me to do this photo shoot and um, the model had really, really, really bad skin and I had no idea what to do. And the editor came to me and she said, the skin is terrific. And I was like, and I, I kind of knew I'd done a bad job and I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then she came back 10 minutes later. She said, no, I mean, terrible. Because <laughs> her English was good. And, um, and so, and, and somebody there said, listen, you know, you need to understand more about products. And they wrote down this whole list and they said, okay, you should buy all this stuff. And I did. And so I started playing with that. Um, but yeah, there was, there were big, big gaps in my knowledge that, you know, just, you know, I, I think that um, working with makeup is very much like learning how to paint. Um, because, you know, when I learn to paint, it's kind of like you first of all have to learn how you see things, right? You mm -hmm. have to learn how you see a face. Yeah. And then you have to understand what's beautiful about a face. This is just my own little journey that mm -hmm. I think maybe resonates. So, yeah, you have to look, learn how to look at a face, learn how to understand what's beautiful, then break that down. Like what, what are beautiful types of eyes? What are beautiful types of noses? What are mouth? cheekbones, skin, you know, whatever. And then you have to learn how to achieve that by using different products, you know, how to manipulate that. Um, and then, yeah, you have to, um, once you've got that, which for me took years to get to that point, you know, mm -hmm. years of practice and learning and looking at photos again. Um, and then, um, then there's the whole layer of understanding trends because trends are all that right mm -hmm. but um you know uh like eyes will be stronger lips will be you know less um 
mm, you know, less in the for, um, less, nah, you know, more neutral. Yeah. And and then, you know, it's, then it's all about brows. And, and so you have to be aware of all that and sort of put it all together. But it's really fascinating. You know, it's absolutely fascinating. And I've always loved uh, the semiotics of makeup, which is how you um, look at a makeup style and it reminds you of stuff like, mm. you know, the sort of grunge, you know, the black eyes, the sort of, you know, glossy red lips, you know, the um, power brow, you know, glossy skin, all those things, you know, they, they register meanings for us. And, you know, that's a whole fascinating thing. I mean, so I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm very good at going off on a tangent. So you have to like bring me back no, I was to just the gonna, question like, lead... I don't even know anymore. No, that's going to lead me to my next question because obviously that describes the culture and what was the colorful sort of environment around you because, you know, I started off very, just before social media and I see you as the person that was living in those things that we call trends now. So the fact that you're calling them trends back then, I wouldn't see it like that. You know, that was like you were living in that moment. Mm. You were creating the punk styles. You were, I mean, the people that you worked with during that time, was it like you're David Bowie and you're doing Vogue's? And tell me about that uh, that shoot that you told me once about, um, you know, there's no retouching. And was it for Vogue or it was your first beauty editorial? I always remember that story, like um, you had to sketch it out and um, oh, well, that process. Yeah, when I, um, it was an idea, a creative process before they even w were doing that sort of thing. Yes. Well, I used to, because I came from il an illustration background, at, you know, the very first um, shoots I did, I would literally, you know, design a background, make some sort of weird, um, you know, cardboard thing that the model would stick around her neck and it would be like a sort of face in an illustration. Um, and then, but that sort of, and I kept doing stuff like that, mm. you know, where it was basically like an illustration with a face, a real face in it. Um, and then, but I always uh, drew ideas down, always, always, always. And, um, you know, uh, the editorial market in Los in London, when I came back here after Milan, um, they were a little unsure about me because I just had these really crazy ideas that were like these illustrations. Um, but the, the music scene really got me. They understood what I wanted and you know it, it um, dovetailed really well into the whole new romantic movement so that was so lucky for me that i just happened to arrive at that time because it was all about almost like a whole illustrated narrative on someone's mm -hmm. face um and i did go around to loads of beauty editors with these um sketches of ideas always sketches of ideas a whole beauty editorial is like five pages <laughs> you know with everything drawn out and they were like what are you doing it's like no one had ever really come to them like that you know with the whole idea and it wasn't really to do with like their normal way of working um but i did get um a magazine in paris that said okay you know do it and it was um a paint by number thing and so I made this sort of like cloth with all these numbers and all these bits of color. And um, the hairdresser made like this little pencil out of hair and colored that. And then I did the face as if it was partly done and partly not done. And did the little tiny numbers, like little number twos and number ones around the eye to, you know, relate to certain colors that should be mm. put there. Um, and this was an idea that I had taken around to beauty editors in London. And when 
and I, when you know it came out, it was published and it was in my book. And I went back to them. They said, "Oh, then, then it was like, oh, can you do that for us?" It was like, "Well, I've already done it. Can we try another idea?" I mean, so um, I did always have a kind of different approach, and always really want to be pushing and pushing and pushing what like a beauty editorial could be, because I just had um, so many ideas about interesting ways to show the process of makeup, but not in the normal way. Hmm. And I just wanted it to be more fun for people. And, you know, so what was your relationship then with textures? You know, what is it then that led you to face lace? You know, because face lace <laughs> seems like, again, it's like a whole machinery. And it's not, not like you haven't done in factories or anything, but you laser cut everything to a precise element. And, you know, it's your skills of an illustrator. You could see all that process in that mm. one brand. And it's amazing what you've done because the brand is so current as well and you're growing bigger every you know by the day and mm -hmm. your following is amazing and it's and it's amazing that you're able to tap into something so unique and you know yeah. well so I think, what was you know, it that if i can be proud of anything yeah it's, it's the fact that i've managed to stay sort of relevant for yeah. like four decades that's quite a four decades <laughs> yeah quite a big deal to stay sort of on the cutting edge for four decades um and i think perhaps it's just because i do have this really weird um, approach to stuff you know I, I still have ideas of, of you know ways I'd like to take makeup you know that I don't think have really um, been um, explored yet yeah um, but for me um, it was all about you know how to do art on a face you mm. know like you you're so much like that as well you know it's all about you know merging the idea of art what in the broadest sense um, and putting that on a face you know um, creating the idea of beauty from art and beauty on a face together um and and throughout my career um you know i would get i would be the one that people would come to if they had something quite complicated to do in a makeup situation whether yeah. it was for advertising or videos or an editorial or whatever and they would always the first question would always be can you do it and i'd say well i think so i'll have to work it out and then the second question would always be how long always I'm sure you yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> and and so um I could see that there were um that was it's a continual problem, you know, mm -hmm. that we all always want to, you know, work on jobs or the director, you know, has all these ideas, but there's like never enough time. Yeah. In my experience, you know, maybe on other shoots there's loads of time. And I, you know, was hearing an amazing conversation about, you know. Um, when uh, Pat McGrath was working with John Paul Gauthier, and they would spend months. And I said, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, that wasn't where I was at. You know, I was on the jobs where, you know, maybe you talk about it a few weeks before and, you know, you do sketches and yeah. stuff. But on the day, it would be like, you know, t 10 looks and they need you to do it really quickly. Um, so I developed um, using stencils and trying to find ways to do really, really elaborate things quickly. And that's where face lace came from, because I knew that if I was having that experience where people were expecting things to be done very elaborately, but very quickly, um, other people would be having those situations as well. And um, so it really came out of that. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about your career, like spanning four decades, I mean, 
Obviously, there must have been some sacrifices, Phyllis. Um, yeah. Is there anything, tell me some of the main ones that maybe people might relate to or may come across if they're going to, you know, envision themselves in this career, you know, mm. any sort of um, advice there or things that you learnt maybe that could yeah. be useful yeah. for someone else? Well, listening. I almost think that, um, you know, in my first sort of surge in my career in the 80s, you know, I was doing like quite high profile stuff in my when I was like 24, 25. And I think emotionally, I wasn't ready for it. Mm. You know, because I'd never assisted because I was in a country where I didn't know people really, I had no family around me. So I was quite sort of emotion emotionally vulnerable. But in this, you know, in these quite high powered situations, working with top celebrities and stuff. Yeah. And I think that that was, you know, I probably wasn't ready emotionally for that. You know, my hands were ready and my skill was ready, mm. but like my head and my heart weren't ready. And, you know, I think I can remember now, you know, situations where, you know, perhaps I didn't act as well as I should have just because I, I got scared, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so that was probably one um area that you know in hindsight i probably could have done it better but then again you know um the uk and many countries i think they love young talent mm. they love young talent and so i did feel supported oh that was you know, good you know uh it would have been nice to have people that I could go to and say, listen, I'm finding this really scary or whatever, but there wasn't. So I just had to sort of deal with it myself. Yes, because I was going to say, like, you know, you went through so many adventures, but like, who was there propping you up and who was there to, you know, because it's a people that are in the industry obviously know that it's a, it's a one man band as an artist but then you have yeah. to rely on your team around you and the collaboration so you know and sometimes you need that somebody to tell you you're amazing or to give you that comfort so who you know who was who well did i did have um you know my beautiful beautiful friend robin beach who was a photographer mm -hmm. and i mean i could go to her at any time and i did you know like in tears like ah. um and she would always be there for me but um you know uh there were a lot of things I didn't know, like, um, you know, uh, in my mid twenties, I was, um, approached by some of the companies to, um, get sponsorship. And I had no idea what that was. I had no idea. I, I, I honestly thought it would be like going around to supermarkets. <laughs> so I really had no idea. And nobody told me, nobody said, yeah. okay, this is what a sponsorship is, you know, you could make a lot of money. This is what you'll have to do. This is what you can say you're comfortable doing. No, you know, nobody said that. So I actually turned that stuff down because I just thought, oh, no, that just sounds really scary. I don't think I'm ready for that, you know? Um, and maybe that was the right decision. You know, I have to accept that too, that maybe that was actually the right decision. Maybe I would have done that really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been too rebellious or something, you know, or, or ended up trying to please him too much and be really unhappy myself, you know. But now you're, you know, you're a business owner, you know, and you've got yeah, the product exactly. literally I, 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 globally. Sure, yeah. Well, why? All of us can always look back at the past and think, oh, my God, that was really bad. Or, oh, you know, I really missed that opportunity or whatever it is. But, you know. I'm, I actually am so lucky and touch wood and, mm. you know, I actually wouldn't have anything different. I really yeah. wouldn't. Um, so what's next for you, Phyllis? Well, oh. Tell me you're working on your I, book. 
I, I would love to do that too. I really, I mean, really. If there's I, anyone I that has to, to have a that. book, it's you. And you know, um, I remember having a conversation with my publisher before. Like, you know, there wasn't any makeup books out there, and then I did mine, and you know, I was like. Do you know Pat McGrath? Do you know Val Garland? Do you know? And they were like, who, who, who? And I was like, <laughs> please go and approach them and get a book done, you know? And, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, Val produced one, so it's amazing. But, you know, you were even before Val, weren't you? Um, Possibly. Whereas, I mean, I know that yeah. she was working uh, in Australia before she came yeah, to she London. Yeah, she was a hairdresser. So I don't yeah. know exactly how the years are parallel to each other. Yeah, and uh, you were like just creating all these iconic looks that only you probably have the archives, right? Like no one else has seen. It's probably um, yes, because well, uh, yeah. very very sadly, my beautiful friend Robin Beach, she died about six years ago, which was so sad mm. of cancer. And um, but before she had been living in India for about a decade, and before she left, she gave me um, all the transparencies of stuff that we had done together. Some she saved for her wow. own archives and I think someone looks after that. But I have probably, you know, eight years worth of transparencies in one of my drawers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just want to like round up with, um, you know, for those that are listening and the young ones, um, you know, what, um, what sort of lessons, you know, what hardship and lessons or, um, would you like to like tell your younger self, you know, what yeah. words of comfort to empower uh, somebody in, in the business, you know, doing what you're doing? And Yeah, I think just to say, you know, it can be really, really scary, um, but don't expect too much out of yourself. Just, you know, uh, try to see where you are and try to do the best at that moment. You don't have to sort of expect yourself to be the way you hope you will be 10 years from now. You know, just try to be the best that you can right now and always stay learning. That's really, really important. Um, and, you know, I was talking about how, you know, my product knowledge was so minimal. Um, but, you know, I was always looking at, and when I ever, whenever I um, had the opportunity to work with other makeup artists, I mean, that was fantastic. That like, We could talk shop and, you know, I could learn and, you know, amazing, amazing I mean for me. That's what I find really fascinating is that you are one of these people that you just want to shout out about other makeup artists and you're you're collaborating with all the makeup artists around the world and as a, oh, another uh, makeup that, artist, it's insane that you're oh, that's getting so to do wonderful. this. I can't tell you how exciting that is to be able to do that. You know, it's so wonderful and I will stay up all night, you know, for know something that. like that, you know. <laughs> You've done it for me. <laughs> I know. You're my go-to. You know, because yeah. I, I just love it. Because I, I will do it the way I would do it for myself. And I will, you know, explore every possibility of ways to get something done. And yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, and I, yeah, to tell my earlier self, just to try to relax a little bit. Don't be too hard on yourself. I was really hard on myself. Really hard on myself. And um, sure, maybe it propelled me a little bit more than it could have, but I think emotionally it was very difficult to do that, you know. Um, you know, everyone will have strengths. Mm. Everyone will have strengths and and trust that and 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 hold that and and you know you don't have to be perfect at everything. 
you know, nobody is. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect at everything, you know, to do with makeup or anything. You just can't be, you know. Um, and and if, if, if there was a makeup that could be perfect at everything, then would there be need for other makeup artists? No. You need to have people with different strengths in different areas. Yeah. And just a so, final, um, final thing, Phyllis, like, where does your family fit into this? How do they, <laughs> how do they see you? Because, you know, Yeah, I mean, you know, happy. that was another thing. So, you know, I had this great success in the 80s, and I was sort of like, you know, the really arty experimental makeup artist in the 80s. And then, of course, you know, as fashion does, it changes. And everything became quite sort of natural you know, with the rise of the supermodels, which, I mean, it was very beautiful, all that work, but it wasn't arty, you know? Mm. Um, and so I kind of became a sort of social makeup pariah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's when I sort of uh, went more into body painting and started to have kids, and that worked really well. So again, you know, you'll always have challenges. Challenges will come, and you just have to, you know... Um, don't dwell too much on the way things used to be. Just try to look forward. Look, look to find, try to find the little gaps of where your particular skill sets can fit into and go towards those. You know, there'll be something. You just yeah. have to be open-minded enough to find it. So for me, it was like um, going into body painting. Mm. And then through that came working with stencils and through that came, you know, face lace. So, you know, there will be something, I'm sure that's, you know, I really believe that. And I, I'm a really big believer that if you have particular skill sets, you know, whether, whatever it is, you know, you're really amazing at skin or, you know, you're fantastic at color or, you know, whatever it is, or, or maybe you're just really amazing on set as, as a personality, you know, there's always something and there's always something that you can develop to be really your niche. And just go with that and, and see where that takes you. And with I that, hope that that's okay. <laughs> I love it. And I love that the fact that you are so, um, you've stayed in your lane. You know, you've, mm, of, you've really gone with all your strength <laughs> and you've done things, but you've always pulled it back to where you are. Like you haven't changed. You've just added another element of skill, of technology and design to it. But it's, it's everything from what you started with anyway, all those layers yeah. and all that design well, skills, you know, it's all part of it. it all so. comes back to this fascination yeah. of faces. Yeah. You know, I have yeah. such a, a deep love of, of faces and what they are and what they mean and how they transform and, you know, hmm. what they can do and, you know, how we read them and all that stuff. So, yeah, that for me has been, you know, the really, really exciting thing. And I still find that exciting every day. Every day I find, you know, uh, what faces are and, and what's beautiful about them which for me is very expensive mm. it's not just symmetry you know it's really expensive you know expression um you know wisdom all those beautiful things that you can see in faces i love all that stuff oh thanks phyllis i loved listening to you um oh, thank you for sharing all that passion <laughs> love you too. and like it's so good and um i love the explanation of all that because it just shows that everything's like a thread you know and I love that you're given this whole journey with that thread and you haven't really ventured off, but you still managed to stay current. So, you know, um, I hope all the success carries on and you come out with your book and, you know, long live face lace and Phyllis. Oh, thank you so, so much, <laughs> oh. man. You know how much I adore everything oh, that you do because I think you, you have a very, very special journey and a very special passion and it really comes through in your work as well. 
Thank you so much. And thank you for your support as well. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again. Um, Absolutely, Len. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Phyllis.